0: Hi, my name's Dave Green. I'm the CMO of Demand Matrix. And this series at Sunnyside Up is about marketing, product management, sales, and leadership. So without further ado, I have Jess Weimer here, who is the head of global demand and growth marketing for Magento, the number one digital commerce platform. Jess is leading both global.net new acquisition as well as install based growth campaigns for this hyper-growth company, and prior to Magento, Jess built and scaled global demand generation for ServiceNow, which went from uh, a half a billion to well over a billion dollars in her uh, tenure there. And Jess is known for building scalable, high-performing global demand generation campaigns, accelerating pipeline, enabling sales, all the while delivering a tolerable cost of acquisition. Jess, uh, obviously demand generation uh, spans a lot of different elements. I'd love it if you would just tell the audience a little bit about some of your content marketing successes in your career.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, David. So, to me, my mantra has always been content is king, but delivery is queen. And so, by delivery, I mean delivering the right message to your target persona at the right time. I have experienced great success when we've created and delivered prescriptive content through various paid and email tactics and making them easily available in context throughout the company website. And so in terms of knowing what the right content is for your different target personas, I've had great success relying on sales and product marketing feedback. I've been fortunate enough to have that interlock with those teams to get to the root of what problems our prospects are trying to solve, what they're hesitant to change or why they're hesitant to change and what the current obstacles are that we need to help them overcome. That has often influenced the type of content I get created to address those obstacles up front, leveraging customer success stories within the prescriptive pieces. Because after all, who knows best what prospects are thinking, saying, and expressing concerns about than the sales organization directly.
0: Give us one example of a really great success story you had with uh, content marketing.
1: Sure. So one example is, you know at ServiceNow, their modernized IT service management platform, and a lot of the resistance from prospects we were trying to convert were resisting because they had a fear of migrating. There was a, a fear of cost, a fear of complexity, a fear of time, a fear of breaking what they had. So it wasn't just about convincing them why a modernized ITSM platform was the right solution. They they might've been sold on that already, but it was the fear of the actual migration. And so we created a whole campaign around the fear of migrating off legacy and what to do about it and developed again, prescriptive content pieces that took customer case studies and said, here's how quickly it took this customer. Then another customer example would be, here's the benefits they saw in just a a short amount of time. And here's the immediate gains in terms of um, cost savings and efficiencies on workflow output. And so we took that knowledge of what we were hearing from sales on why certain prospects were hesitant to, you know, basically move forward and use that to evolve our content marketing strategy targeting these prospects at the top of the funnel, meaning we were able to put these messages out at the top of the funnel instead of waiting for them to slowly come to sales and, and address it that way,
0: right? I, I love, by the way, uh, uh, the way that you have partnered with, uh, you know, the product team and the sales team uh, to really understand the customers' pains and problems, and then develop content uh, to address those problems. I, that's just so smart and something that uh, anyone in the audience, I think, could uh, could benefit from. When when you look across the broad spectrum of content marketing, what are the key objectives that you have for for content?
1: So, you know, similar to to the example I just gave, so the primary objective is to engage with prospects offering insight aligned to the pain points they are looking to solve or efficiencies they are looking to gain through the content that we offer. So you leave them with the need to learn more about how you know in my case magento can help your specific business so instead of just pushing you know product information first get them to understand that we and um, we get your pain here's how we'll solve for it and leave you with this thought of let me go find out more and eventually you know dive deep into the product
0: what's your uh, overarching approach to gating content
1: my rule of thumb there could be minor exceptions but my rule of thumb is Videos, case studies, infographics those should be shared freely, so videos you know they're a great way for to leverage social and email to get engagement, introduce your value or your message in an attractive way um, without requiring anything upfront and you know really helps with mind share um, case studies absolutely you should share freely because that's the success story of your of your business and Especially nowadays, peer-to-peer marketing has stronger credibility for prospects than you know me as a marketer or even in sales folks. You know, hearing from your peers. So we should absolutely share pure case studies freely. Um, infographics, which are like snackables for longer content pieces, I think are best used to sneak peek, summarize data points around a message we're trying to put out there. So, for example, an infographic could be. The first point in getting their attention, kind of giving the high level nuggets, and there could be a corresponding gated asset that it could then link to. The assets that I typically gate would be, you know, e guides, e books, definitely analyst reports like the Gartner MQs, Forrester Wave, IDC reports, and then of course free trials and demos and other bottom of the funnel content like that.
0: You're kind of alluding to it, but how does the buyer's journey impact content gating from? Your your perspective.
1: Yeah, so you know, if you think very very top of the funnel, unknown prospects, we're trying to get into known videos, infographics, right? It's a mix of ungated and gated content at the top of the funnel because you you're, you want to put enough out there to get those who aren't ready to commit and give you their information. So you you use those videos, infographics, and social and email and things like that, um, even hosted on your website. And then gated content, those prescriptive ebooks, right? You you still have to gate them, but it's used at the top of the funnel. Middle of the funnel you start to introduce success stories and like I just mentioned I would typically ungate case studies. But if you also want to offer up analyst reports, competitive reports and things of that nature in the middle of the funnel, you want to gate them.
0: Very good. Are you seeing um account-based marketing Uh, impacting your strategy for gating content?
1: I haven't personally seen this impact um, of when we decide to gate or not gate based on ABM. I think if you're targeting an account and you want to know as many contacts, you know, the influencers, champions, decision makers of that account that are all part of that process, then, you know, gating content is the best way to identify who they all are.
0: Absolutely. What methods do you use today to to uh, quantify or optimize the effectiveness of content you do gate, especially PDFs where you might lose visibility after the download?
1: Yeah, this is a big one for me. So I think it's important to look at content consumption from three prongs. So there's inbound, like website, paid search. There's outbound, syndication, programmatic, and then email nurture would be the third. So. One step a lot of organizations need to be mindful of, in my opinion, is a consistent taxonomy in content tracking. Otherwise, you'll just be buried in pulling endless reports from all these different tactics, trying to map all your content that's been consumed and make some sort of uh, understanding on on what's performing and what's not. So to me, that's step one on, on how to quantify what you're getting so you can optimize accordingly and then to assert the effectiveness of your content you're really looking at the effectiveness of the promotion in my opinion if your promotional abstract is effective people submit the form and download the gated content for example you really don't have a clear direct way of knowing how that content was perceived once they consumed it you know and assuming they consumed it in its entirety you can make directional assumptions if you have a unique CTA at the end of your content. So, you know, for example, if you have an ebook that's, you know, chapter one on whatever the topic is, and you end it with, you know, click here to move on to chapter two, and you see a take rate for that chapter two spike, you can make the assumption that, okay, that first piece really hit home. It was, you know, received well, and people went on to the next stage that you pushed them to. and therefore it's an effective piece of content.
0: You talked about having a common taxonomy. Can you yeah. just unpack that a little bit and and give an example to the mm-hmm. audience about what you mean and why it's so important?
1: Sure. So typically, you know, a piece of content is is created, let's say an ebook, and you give it to the website team to put on the website. You give it to the the global paid media team to go get it out, you know, in syndication and and paid social and all those things over there. Um, You put it in email nurture, so you give it to your marketing automation guys and say, hey, we need to, you know, get this in. Is anyone paying attention to what the asset is actually being called in all of these systems that the asset then fuels in? Because, um, you know, not everyone has a, a common content management system that pulls from the same or a digital asset management system, I should say, where the content is then hosted and then there's the different taxonomy. So let's say in your CRM system, there's a field where you capture content. Is everyone calling it the same thing? Is everyone even using that field consistently? And I'm saying all this from my past experience of the pain of not <laughs> having it be consistent, as you can probably hear in my voice. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so another common problem that um, uh, I've certainly experienced in my career is – you know, you put up the lead form, you you think you're doing everything right, but then you get quite a bit of bad data in there, right? What do you do to minimize that?
1: So I would recommend, you know, standard pick list fields where possible, um, and then using tools that will detect and reject bogus information like email and phone.
0: Any other uh, insights you can share about content gating that we haven't talked about?
1: Yeah, I definitely want to bring up, you know, field forms since we were just talking about this. So the less fields, the better, because the longer the form, the higher abandon rate. And so get what you really, really need to get for sales routing, but try to respect you know, the fact that this is your prospect giving their information. It's not about making everything completely perfect on, on our end right away. We could do that through progressive profiling, where you can continue to ask additional questions when they come back and consume more gated content.
0: What are the any top takeaways around content gating?
1: So, you know, be prescriptive in your content and its promotions. Top of the funnel prospects are just getting started. They aren't going to find product pitches compelling if they aren't clear on the problem they even need to solve or how you can help them solve that problem. And so without giving away the details until they get to the content, don't shy away from promoting high-level benefits real-life customers have experienced in your promotional abstracts. You're giving them a reason to fill out the form. Um, Mm -hmm. Use customer use cases as often as possible within your content. It'll be worth, you know, filling out the form for when you offer that. And like we just touched on, while long forms increase abandons, so do multiple click forms. So don't trick people by asking them for just email, only to have them click and then go to another page where they're presented with numerous more fields to complete.
0: What's your vision for the future of content marketing? Where do you see it going over the next few years?
1: Yeah, so my vision would entail amplifying the synergy between content marketing and demand generation, specifically gated content in which persona segmentation topic relevance, and timing become the status quo for all content marketing strategies. So I'm suggesting amplifying the synergy where it's a bottoms-up approach. Here is what is needed. Here's what customers need to hear about or prospects need to hear about. Here's what sales is trying to get through in the market. That should drive the creation of the content that is then used by demand.
0: So what are the things that you've learned uh, as a way to create that kind of collaboration with the content team?
1: Uh, so definitely first, you know, have your ducks in a row in terms of um, what sales is saying that prospects, you know, need to know more about and need to understand what we do in this area. Give Share that you know with the content marketing team so they have that visibility and then in terms of goals and and how many prospects we know we need to acquire to fill our funnel as long as the content team has visibility into that to understand here, here's why we need to create you know x amount of more gated content um that could probably help spur some thoughts on okay and then here's some ungated content that we could leverage like a teaser into the gated content
0: I'm wondering are you seeing any tools or technologies or services out there that you think uh, other people would really want to know about?
1: Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Integrate. Um, It's a great tool for data validation, automating lead receipt, auto-rejection of bogus leads, and then dashboards to understand content consumption as it was received in the tools. Also, the, the intel on the content consumed. I primarily used it for content syndication, so that's outbound, but Again, you want to layer in nurture content and your website content and paid search content. And as long as you have your taxonomies right, you could get a good view as to what is really considered effective in terms of your content.
0: Well, Jess, thank you so much for sharing your, uh, your experience and, and the things that you've learned about content marketing and content gating. We really appreciate it. Is there any uh, final thoughts you wanted to share before we go?
1: No, I I think this is a great topic. Um, I think some of the minor things are often overlooked that that can be super important, like form fields and taxonomy of content. Um, So this was a great discussion. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome indeed. Jess, thanks again. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.